you're listening to PAX on the Giggles Live Radio Network. What is up? This is Big Tom. You're listening to PAX. I'm here with my buddy John Marquez. And today we have an interesting uh, card set that we're looking at. Yeah. Just depicting one of the great baseball movies of all time. Yeah. What made that movie great, I think, was there wasn't a lot of fantasy. And from what I, as, because I kind of fancy myself a little bit of an amateur baseball historian, mm-hmm. from what I've seen, it's pretty accurate, like as far as the, the history stuff. Because yeah. a lot of times the baseball movies take a lot of artistic liberties. Yeah. And, and we are talking about Eight Men Out. Yeah. Eight Men Out. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. Think I we need to mention what yet. the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, what are they talking about? Well, I got all the other stuff in there. <laughs> We're only looking at the cards. We, I think we need to let people know what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, no, that is actually one of the great movies. Um, and, and I mean, we weren't there during the time, so I don't know how accurate it is, but it seems like, it, from what I've heard, it's a very accurate dis- uh, depiction of what it is. Right, right. During that time. Yeah, I think there was a there may have been a couple of, of things just to tie it together. Kind of like the um, like the movie Ali with Will Smith, where they, they swapped a couple things to, you know, some timeline things that kind of bothered me as a, as a sports fan, but they but it was for the greater good of the movie to make it all fit together for people that didn't really know the whole story. Well, I think every sports movie is like that. Yeah. I mean, you look at even like 42, the Jackie Robinson story, and, you know, there's there's several others. They, they, they have, I'm sure they had to add, add some of it for the drama. Yeah, and it's also it hard to, it's hard to like, with the Jackie Robinson, it's hard to encompass the entire story because you also had Larry Doby in mm-hmm. the American League, and you yeah. had a couple of uh, football players kind of starting to break into ranks. And yeah, there's so much more to it. I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah, I mean, they're telling one story. Yeah, <laughs> all these stories that that are out there, and numerous stories, even today. I mean, there's a lot of stories out there that are never going to be told. What's great about the Jackie Robinson story is it can't get too far because his wife is still alive and she's very active in making sure that his memory is, is preserved correctly. Yeah. And you, you see groups that are like that, families and stuff, they do what they can to protect the legacy of, of an individual. Yeah, yeah. And, and But yet there's some that just want to get the money too. Yeah. So, you know, but but I think baseball, it's, such, it's got such a history um, that... And there's a respect for the game. I think that when you see these movies, they're a little more accurate, I think, than you see in other movies. Right, right. So at least in my opinion for sports movies. Yeah. Well, this this uh, anybody who hasn't seen it, and this um, the movie was done, I think, in 1988 too. Yeah, it's, it's been years since I've seen it, but it, it was a great movie. Yeah, it was, and it, it, and for anybody who isn't familiar with it, Eight Men Out depicts the Chicago Black Sox uh, scandal. Uh, there was eight. Eight, play, eight players were put on trial and acquitted for uh, throwing games in the World Series, a World Series that they ended up losing to the Reds. Mm-hmm. And um, the did they, they win it or did they lose it? I always get the, I always get that part confused. They ended up winning the World Series, didn't they? I think they won. They ended up winning the World Series, yeah. right? So that's why it was kind of like, well, you're you're charging them with throwing the World Series. They weren't, char- you know, it wasn't like point shaving. They were charged with throwing the World Series, and they. Well, that's always a question about throwing games. I, I think you see that more in today's society where, unfortunately, there's a lot of money involved in it. So you always have that question. Yeah. Are players throwing games? Are teams throwing games? You know, we talk about the uh, um, position for the drafts. 
you know, and you, there's always that conversation every year about that as far as, uh, you know, teams are bucking for that last play spot so they get the first pick of the draft the next year. And so you always wonder if they tank things. And you hear people actually kind yeah. of admitting that now, yeah. especially in the basketball world. It's really weird. Basketball is kind of like no longer ashamed of the kind of things like that, like resting their stars when they're in smaller towns and things like that. It's very odd. Which I don't get that nowadays, how they do that. And, and you wonder if that's out there because back in the day, you played every day. You know, you didn't rest up for this and that. You, that's what you're paid for to be out there every day. Right. So I, the, I, the Reds I, did win the World Series, by the way. It was yeah. I had to look it up because I, I always get that confused because yeah. there's the in the movie they're celebrating at the end and it's yeah. it's kind of like a you don't even really they don't really cover the World Series that much. It's, it's not about that. Like, yeah, yeah, it's all about the, the that other stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which a lot of the movies are. It's not about the the game as the as the venue that it's you know that they use but it's it's the storyline within it that's well also it takes away from the great players of the cincinnati reds that ended up winning the world series you know what i mean like it ended up you know it it makes it seem like their um their achievement wasn't wasn't real which which it was you know well you saw that a few years back with the dodgers and the astros yeah yeah you know when all that happened you know and they you know the astros ended up winning it and you know there was that sign stealing incident, so you never mm-hmm. know, you know, uh, what happened. Well, there's a whole bunch of stuff with that. The yeah. whole Altuve when he hit yeah. that home run and wouldn't let him take off his shirt, and he said it's because his would have been embarrassed because yeah. of his wife and all that. And I was like, oh, that was yeah. weird. Yeah. So their their World Series is tarnished. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, especially as a Dodger fan. You know. Right. But but there are other incidences over the years where you've seen that you always question, well, what if? You know, what happened? You well, know? yeah, and our our prime baseball watching time during the steroid era, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you look at McGuire's home run uh, uh, season. I mean, that was all time between. How and wonderful Sosa. that, that was, was! It was fantastic. I love watching. That's the only time I I really tuned in just specifically to see that you know I, I wasn't a cardinal fan or even when sosa was there with the cubs and stuff but just when they were battling that was great baseball and it was i don't remember if if like there was but there was major i don't know if it was espn but somebody was covering it so you were always able to see every at bat i don't remember who it was but I think it was espn, they ESPN were, or, every day they were just showing them yeah, and it, it was, was like live. Like, yeah. When uh, whenever Sammy or Mark went to a bat, I was working on airplanes in, in Sacramento at uh, McClellan Air Force Base at the time. And uh, whenever one of those guys would uh, bat, the foreman would come let us know, and we would all run into the break room yeah. and watch the bat and then go back to work afterwards. Yeah, I, I remember watching <laughs> that. Yeah, exactly. But it was just great to see them. And then when they went head-to-head, it was great. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were in the same division, too, so they always played each other. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was cool. That was a good, and you know the thing with that is, you know that MLB was had something to do with what was going on. Oh yeah, you know yeah the juice balls, the juice players, you know they knew what was happening, and but it was great for the league. They also knew that there was a good chance it was all going to fall apart because Jose Canseco was starting to talk. Jose Canseco knew Mark McGuire pretty good. Yeah. And that was when the reporter noticed the creatine on Mark McGuire's uh, locker. And yeah, it started getting weird. They didn't realize they had to keep Canseco in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So just, uh, yeah, at some point, somebody was going to blow the whistle. Yeah, it always happens. And case in point with this with this movie too. Yeah, same thing. You if know? The, I think if the I think if the gamblers would have would have done what they were supposed to do, we would have never heard about it. Yeah, 
So it's uh, so it's been going on forever. Yeah, it has. And it still goes on today. I mean, and not just baseball, but any sport. The sad part is the players that were involved with the scandal, they kind of got hosed by the, the gamblers, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, because they only got a little bit of money at the beginning to prove that they were doing it. They got double-crossed by yeah. a middleman at some point, mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up all making less mm-hmm. than they would have if they would have just played the World Series and won it. Yeah. And so it's a really, really a sad story. And yeah. most of them, because men were a little different in those days, yeah. most of them kind of went into hiding because they were really humiliated by yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, well, that was, yeah, exactly. That the was, only one that really showed his face a lot was Buck Weaver because he was, you know, wanting to, you know, he wanted to clear his name and he, he, he kept showing up till he was like almost 60 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and it was a lot harder back then because there wasn't the media exposure and everything. I mean, you had your newspapers and stuff. So probably that much harder for them to clear their name yeah. than it is now. I mean, you see now they go and they make an apology and they move on and stuff, and it's all throughout the world. But I'm sure it was it ate them up a lot more knowing that they couldn't clear their name as fast. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, a different time. And it's easier for baseball to just say, guess what? It's all, you know, <laughs> it's just those guys. That's ba- that's basically what baseball did because it was a major problem then, and there was uh, there were problems that went on throughout the whole thing. There was like um, you know there was still problems with gambling and stuff within baseball after that. I mean even I mean go all the way back to Pete Rose all the way up <laughs> as yeah. modern as that, and yeah. probably even more recent. I'm sure it still goes on at some capacity somewhere within that realm of baseball, whether Who's it's minor the- leagues or, or major leagues or. Wasn't there a dummy just kicked out of the NFL for for playing DraftKings? I think there was. Yeah, I can't remember. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. oh, that's the one thing that there's. I don't understand that. I don't understand. Just like I can't understand the um, the players of my that were like my age, the ones that couldn't give up marijuana long enough to uh, to get into football. And like I had a I had a friend who he was a childhood friend and he was on the San Diego Chargers practice squad and he he uh tested positive for marijuana and got kicked off I'm like it was like your opportunity like all you had to do was hang in there hang in there and you might have got an opportunity but you know well temptation does you in yeah. you know whether it's gambling money they flash at you substances whatever you know it's, it's that young thing just thinking you're going to live forever. Well, you're you're talking to an under thirty year old player that's got to make these decisions about their life, and uh-huh. they've got so much going on. People pulling them from twenty different directions, and they just have to make that right decision. And if they don't surround themselves with good people, you know that makes it even harder. Oh yeah, that's yeah. tough. Because you see these guys that have these huge entourages early on in their careers, and then what happens? You know, Mike Tyson, case in point. You know, yeah. And at the end, you know, all he lost custom was, auto at a really bad time. Yeah, yeah, but but he had this huge entourage. They was paying him, who knows what, and look what ended up happening at the end. Yeah, you know? yeah. So still a great, great guy. I mean, you like the guy for for you know. Um, now he's kind of rebuilt himself, yeah, he's and he's rebuilt his yeah, career, yeah. but on his own. But yeah. but any one of these players or these big name stars. When they have these big entourages, it's usually not a good thing. At the yeah. end, it's gonna, it, something's, something's not gonna go right for them because they have too many people that don't look out for their best interests. I think they look out for, for the money. Yeah. And when that, you travel on the road, keep your wife like Doug Christie did. 
keep her on the cell phone like we talked about last week. You know, if you had a <laughs> wife, man, you know, you know, she protects all your best interests, you know? <laughs> Don't let anybody get near you, you know? And we're not even talking the, the other aspect of the temptation, you know? <laughs> so. <laughs> so there was a player on, and it's, I wish it was bothering me that I can't remember his name, but there was a player on the White Sox who, uh, he was a pitcher who was basically like a, a farm boy that wasn't um, wasn't part of the fix, and he ended up winning two games. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's driving me crazy that I can't remember his name. I should have written it down, but um, he uh, he ended up being a, a star for the White Sox uh, two years after the White Sox scandal. The um, you know Comiskey was no- notoriously cheap. It was kind of covered mm-hmm. in the White Sox scandal. His uh, his World Series bonus to the players was uh, was a flat champagne. It was like a, a discount champagne, <laughs> and that was a, a true that that was true. That was a true mm-hmm. story. Um, well, anyway, so this player uh, got into a, um, a, a like a dispute with Comiskey. He just wanted to be play, paid like what a normal player gets paid. Mm-hmm. He was no and Comiskey was notorious for underpaying players. Mm-hmm. Well anyways, the, the this guy ended up kind of um not being able to return to baseball because he fought the the player reserve clause and uh, wouldn't wouldn't play for, you know, peanuts. And so he, so Comiskey continued to hurt the game even after the White Sox scandal. <laughs> Ego kicks in. It is. Yeah. It is ego. It's all ego. Ego and money, man. He's mm-hmm. so cheap. <laughs> Did you know this guy was on the uh, on the Cincinnati Reds? Do you know? Who, I'm, you, you, I'm sure you're probably familiar with this guy, right? Greasy Neal. Greasy Neal. Does he sound familiar? Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't. I don't quite remember him. He's a, he was a football Hall of football? Famer. Yeah, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was a. a a Hall of Fame coach for the um, for the 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 Philadelphia Eagles. Hmm. He played for like the Canton Bulldogs. He played for the teams that yeah. were back before, yeah. you know, the teams that we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's a uh, I, di- I didn't realize it until I was kind of like putting together this set, and I was like, oh, that's got to be the same Greasy Neal. And I started to do some research and hmm. found out that he it was true. Wow, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. That's those crazy. days they'd have those guys that would go both ways. I'm sure you remember that guy. Mm. I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> yep. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Shoeless Joe. And then who played him in the movie? Shoeless Joe was... Um, right here. What was it? Um, right here. Um, I'm sure it says on there. Yeah, it says on the back of the card here. It says uh, D.B. Sweeney. Yeah, D.B. Sweeney. Yeah. Yeah, that's him right there. So... Oh yeah, yeah. The and the Sheen was in that movie. It was it was actually a pretty good cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. Um, I hate that I don't remember his name, but the dad from Frasier was the was Kid Gleason, the manager, and he was so oh, yeah. good, mm-hmm. so good in that role. Yeah, well, you know, it's a good movie when Charlie Sheen's in it. <laughs> yeah, he was, was really it? good in that movie, though. Was, you know, it's a baseball movie when Charlie Sheen's in it. He loves his baseball oh, movies. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah he's. Um, um, he was really good in that. This was a more of a straight movie than than the other movies, you know. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you got to love him in his other ones. So. No, this is this is interesting. It's an interesting pack. Yeah, it's a good set. And that, by the way, yeah. that was made by uh, it was made made by a company called Pacific, which was out of um, Everett, Washington. Mm-hmm. 
And the reason I knew where it was from was I would drive past it when I was driving to my, my grandparents' house when I was on that contract. I lived up there for a little bit. Mm. And I stayed with my grandparents for like, eh, it was probably like three or four months. It was a really cool time. But I would drive past that big old Pacific building and I told my brother, I was like, man, I'm going past the factory. There's your, there's your manager right there. <laughs> yeah, Kid Gleason, there he is. John yeah. Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's his name, Mahoney. That's yeah. right. Yeah, what a great... Uh, He's a great actor. Yeah, and that his role was good because the manager had so many things at play. Like he was compassionate towards the players because he knew they were kind of getting screwed over by ownership. Mm-hmm. He also was a virtuous man, so he didn't he didn't agree with the idea of them throwing games and didn't mm-hmm. like it really made him mad that even though they were in those circumstances, they weren't, you know, on the yeah. up and up and so he's just a really, really well played, and I don't, not a lot of people could probably, mm-hmm. you know, capture all of that because that's got to be, yeah. out of everybody in that thing, he's got to be in the toughest position. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Oh, you know, we've got the gamblers in here too. Oh yeah, <laughs> Burns and uh... yeah, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, it was a great. It was another one of those roles he was so good in that you forgot he was Christopher Christopher Lloyd almost immediately. Yeah. Like, like John Ritter's like that, where you'll see him in something and you'll forget that he's John Ritter yeah. because he's so good at what he does. Yeah. This company that does these cards, do they do other? Is it like a movie thing that they do, or, or no? Do they they, is it just they just did this one thing. Pacific did. As a matter of fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have Pacific football cards. I'll have to bring some packs of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did football cards, and they did. A, they they had the glossy fronts. Really good pictures, uh-huh. really good pictures, and they had the the full color picture on the back. Yeah, um, that was originally they came out with football, and um, it was right around the times the 49ers won. It was when Joe Montana had won the back to back there in San Francisco, mm-hmm. so they were you know they were very heavy on 49er cards. That's why I'm so familiar with them. But they did that, and they did. I believe they may have been the ones that printed the Ted Williams baseball cards. I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. But they've they also did a few different other sets too. But they they, they had a lot of good good little sets. I can't remember. There was something else that they were kind of it was their thing for a little while, but I don't remember what it was. So being that this is like a limited edition, what kind of value is put into this? Probably not a lot. What? No, it's probably, you know, the typical, you know, maybe a buck a card and maybe yeah. you know, for a set it's probably so like a, a set's a set is 110 cards, so I'd say that the set was probably you could probably get on eBay for 30 bucks or something, and it's a good set. I like to get the the you know I bought I bought a wax box, mm-hmm. and I you know I bargain kind of hunt for that kind of stuff, and I got the wax box. I maybe paid it wasn't even 20 bucks. I paid for it, and I put together three sets, and then had a bunch of extra cards left over, and mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. In the set, I was kind of surprised. I actually have two autographs of baseball players that are depicted in the set. One on the White Sox. I already knew that I had a, a player that was on the Black Sox team. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, he was injured during the World Series, mm-hmm. but he was on that team and he wasn't like part of the scandal at all. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then I had um, Ed Roush, Roush, Ed Roush, who was a Hall of Famer. For the Giants, I had his because he he was in the Hall of Fame later yeah. on, and I had bought a couple of them a while back. But he was actually, if there was, if they had World Series MVPs in those days, mm-hmm. he would have been the name named the World Series MVP of that World Series. 
And it's so strange, but his autograph is not doesn't hold as much value as you might think because really? people don't really care yeah. about baseball history as much as they should. Hmm. I th- I think it's because it's the they they call it the dead ball era because it was before it was inclusive. Yeah, and so you know, which still surprises me that there's not a little more value in that. You know, yeah, you would think. And yeah. same thing with the Negro leagues. I have a lot of Negro league baseball autographs, and they don't hold the value that you think they should. It's really strange. Which you would think there would be more because it was such a rare occurrence at that time. And then, you know, what was going on at the, in the league at that time, the divide. Yeah. Uh, you would think that there would be more value put towards that as for the historical aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. You know? but, no. I mean, I don't, like, a, part of me doesn't mind because I have cool Papa Bell's autograph. And I have, like, all, I have, like, a really cool autograph because that's, one of my collections that I've concentrated on, especially the last few years, is like mm-hmm. that the Negro League baseball and the dead ball era baseball. Just because it's, I was surprised that that stuff hasn't, you get the stuff from the 80s. Yeah. Mark McGuire's autograph is more than, it's just bizarre to me. So um, I wonder if it has to do with just the times and how it is. And you have a different generation now that doesn't understand the history. Mm-hmm. You see, like today's generation, it's a little more fast paced. You know, they, they they may not understand the full history of some of these leagues, and and so I guess with each generation, there's probably some more focus on certain values. Like, you know, during the pandemic, they said that all, all of a sudden this generation started putting a focus on cards again and the value. Yeah, going yeah. Down. But you know, ten years ago, even five years ago, there probably wasn't as much of a focus on it. You know. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, now that things are opening up from the pandemic, are they going to go back to putting a lot of folks on that, or is a does the value fluctuate a lot? Uh, it hasn't yeah. been fluctuating since the pandemic started. It's it's been uh, actually honestly a pretty steady. It's been to where if you bought something sports and you bought at market value, it's going to raise in value. Exactly. Like it's it's been kind of like the housing market. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and but then every once in a while you see somebody buy a card for you know, one of these rare cards and then does when they do that, does the market in general go up? I don't, I don't think that, a, I don't think the the big buyers like that kind of stuff. I don't think that really affects the market too much. I think that's a very niche. And I think the, the card companies go out for those guys. Yeah. Cause the, that, that Honus Wagner card is, I don't even know if it's in the top 10 most valuable cards anymore. The, the most valuable cards now are like uh Mike Trout, triple Jersey autograph, you know, with a slice of baseball like that, that's the stuff that's really valuable now. Like there's a LeBron card that's worth more than that. And you're like, I don't know about that. This is a created value. That's the difference. That other value was, was actually authentically, you know, there was a couple of his cards accidentally got into cigarettes after he said, I don't want to be in there. And people realized that that had some, and that was, that was like a real thing that wasn't set up. This all, this is all kind of put together by the companies. Well, it's about money. It's all about money. Yeah. Yeah. But back then, and and now you look at, there's very rare because it's rare because there's very few cards still out there. Yeah. And that's what creates that, that price, you know, the demand on that for, for that card. Well, that's the thing with the autographs. Now, the the autograph that I have from the White Sox, Red Faber is worth a lot more because he was on that team. It's 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 still a good, it's it's a good value. It's the, you know, but uh, but the Ed Roush, who is you know baseball Hall of Famer, he would have been the um, would have been the MVP of that World Series, and it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can get certified autographs of his for under thirty bucks. It's it's amazing. But he wasn't as 
popular and well known. Yeah. And that's probably where the value is right there. Yeah. You know, you get, well, history hasn't held his name anyways. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's all driven by the leagues. Yeah, it you is. Know, the, I mean, like you see, you know, with with the McGuire card and all that, you know, it's the league helping push that too. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, if they really wanted, every time they focus on the historical part of the league, um, then I think you see a little more value come into it. You know, people will start taking more interest in it. But that's created by the organization. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you know that as, we, as you promote certain things, yeah, people take an interest in it. But if you don't do that and you're an influencer, you know, nobody gonna, nobody's going to pay attention to it. Right. You know? Exactly. I mean, look at the stars, the movie stars. When things happen, what happens? Unless they're in the name, once they're in the name, all of a sudden there's a demand for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they, I mean, case in point with this one with Charlie Sheen. Mm-hmm. How many ups and downs has he had? Right. Over the years. <laughs> yeah. And look, he's probably as popular as ever. Yeah. He hasn't gone down far enough to start doing stand up yet, at least. Oh, yeah, that's what you got to get him. <laughs> He'd be great to get it. To, to have his stand-up. I, I mean, I'm sure he's not a comic, but I mean, just to have him there. Oh, I'm sure he would do fine. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those guys that would probably go out there and just talk crazy, break all the comedy rules, and wouldn't care, and he'd probably be fine. Uh, just his storytelling would be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Just all the adventures he's been in. I'm thinking he did. You know what? He did do stand-up. He did do it. Right after all that craziness went on, he did the Dragon Blood whatever tour did he i forgot about that he oh. totally did wow he totally did i forgot about that yeah he went out it was the yeah so he even he quit stand-up he realized how hard it was yeah good job charlie i feel you brother <laughs> but i mean i'm sure just just i'd like to see like an evening with him and just listen to his stories yeah just put something like just a storytelling and yeah just, knowing that it's probably maybe 50% accurate <laughs> of what he can remember <laughs> just of what he can think about yeah 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 he's one of those guys when he's telling a story you'll see his eyes glaze and he's like because he's you could see him going okay I'll leave this part out yeah <laughs> he'd be in the middle of the story yeah. and then, okay I'll leave that part out yeah. okay I'll leave that part out all right I'll leave that part out <laughs> is that really me maybe not okay. right yeah it's the, yeah but even 50% of Charlie Sheen's stories would be very interesting. Man. Know? So, I, I wondered, even like with this, if you had a, one of his cards here, if he signed it, would there be any value to it? Oh, yeah. I'm sure there would be. I'm sure there's people that have done it, too. I'm sure there's people that have done it. Because I would think, signed. you know, as a, because this was early in his career. That's true. Yeah. You know, if he ever was to sign that as an actual, like, baseball player. Like, yeah. I know that he signs value. baseballs, and I know he's, because he does, like, the wild thing, baseballs mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. So I know I know he's probably not surprised when somebody throws a baseball item in his face to sign. Well, and since he collects autographed baseballs, I'm sure he's more than happy to accommodate. Yeah, but that'd be interesting to see uh, if there is a uh, real value to some of these guys that have done movies. I mean, you know, like um, um, to who else do we have in movies? Costner with Field of Dreams. Yeah. Yeah, or um, um, who else was in that movie with him? The pitcher um, in um, in Bull Durham. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Um, Sarandon's husband, yes. Tim, 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 Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, yeah. Any one of those players, because that was a great movie. Yeah, Bull Durham was another good movie. Yeah. That's right. Field of Dreams was another great movie. Yeah. Field of Dreams had uh, Moonlight Graham, mm-hmm. which uh, Moonlight Graham was a real. Did you know he was a real baseball player? Mm-hmm. And he, they, for whatever reason, they they moved him to the 1921 Giants, who also won the World Series, but he was actually on the 1905 Giants. I guess it's for the time frame. I guess he wouldn't wouldn't be able to still be an old man, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, so but yeah, they he was actually from the nineteen oh five Giants and mm-hmm. won at bat. That was a real the real thing. Yeah, 
be interesting. We should start something where we get all these these actors that have played uh, in sports movies and get them to sign cards and yeah, yeah, something like that. There's a couple of them that do. There's a couple of them that actually do that. I'm trying to. The, I know that the um, the Sandlot kids. I always get the that I look like the kid from the Sandlot. So I know I know those guys do. The catcher. Yeah, and I did a uh, I, I did a thing at the yeah 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 the, like, you're killing me Smalls yeah. the um, the Bad News Bears we did an event over because you know um, one of the Bad News Bears kids is a city councilman over at Moore Park and really? yeah huh. and so uh, we did an event in Moore Park with about five or six of those kids from the Bad News Bears mm-hmm. it was really cool I have baseballs signed by them really cool. That's how I. That's how I met. I got to uh, know Aaron Blunt, the one that played Muhammad, uh-huh. and he's now like a DJ and stuff. We should bring him out to Santa Paula. That'd be cool. Really? He's a great dude. Yeah, really, really great dude. Good, great DJ too. Yeah, he was great in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. get him out. Oh, that's cool. All right, we better wrap up because we are out of time. That was quick. Yeah, it went really quick. It was a great movie. And hey, thanks for sitting down and, and chatting with me today. Always enjoyable. All right, we're gonna um, hopefully record a Heritage Valley minute here, and then uh, we will be back with Pax next week on the Giggles Live Radio Network. Wrong music. You are listening to the Giggles Live Radio Network. You need to be thankful for what you have. Yeah, I think we're somewhere in between the 35th and 36th floor, actually. Kind of just um, in between windows, actually. Having a couple of cups of tea up here, and then we were taking our tea bags and straining them just to the right um, density and weight, and we would throw them off of the scaffold and set off car alarms. This actually told us, I mean just how much it takes to set off a car alarm. I mean, that wasn't even someone breaking in. That was just um, uh, something falling from 35 stories up and hitting it. Living on the Ledge with DMV Mike, only on the Giggles Live Radio Network. <laughs>